This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by Patreon community sponsor, our friend Isaiah, at MizuGuy1981. And we thank all our patrons for their monthly support of Priority One Podcast. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. listening to episode 196 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded in part on Thursday, October 30th, 2014, and available for download or streaming on Monday, October 27th, 2014, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Cookie. I'm Dr. Robert. And I'm Elijah. And in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Skippy. Hello, guys. This week, Captains, we welcome special guest host and longtime friend of the show, Dr. Robert Hurt, visualization scientist for NASA, JPL, and the Spitzer Space Telescope. Dr. Robert, welcome back to the show. How have you been, and, and what have you been up to lately? Hey, well, it's great to be back. Uh, I've just been, you know, out there converting around the universe a little bit, uh, promoting a little neutron star here, a little black hole there. Well, it's great to have you back on the show, and thanks for filling in for Jace as he's uh, moving to a whole other state. Uh, it's great to have you. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here. So uh, what do we have in store this week, Elijah? Well, Admirals, we're actually going to cover some Star Trek online news this week, including our initial review of Delta Rising. Later, we'll open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming from you, our listeners. Admirals, you may have noticed that we've dropped all those sponsorship ads during the show. We listened to your feedback and understand it got in the way of your enjoyment of the show. That's why we're moving our efforts to Patreon, a service that will allow us to reward patrons of the show. Supporters like you! This production is a volunteer endeavor, and we often spend our own money to bring you the content you've grown to enjoy. Please consider a monthly contribution by visiting patreon.com forward slash priority one. Well, before we move on with the show, I would not be Priority One's scientific consultant if I didn't have a little something to interject. This time in the form of a mini Trek It Out. This week, take a short trip to an intriguing vacation spot halfway across our solar system. Of course, Ryza is known throughout the quadrant as being the premier vacation destination, and one of the things Ryza is most known for is its lovely oceans. Well, NASA's Cassini mission, currently exploring Saturn and its moons, has returned an incredible photo of sunlight glinting off the oceans of its moon Titan. So if you are a beach person and you want something a little more exotic than terrestrial beaches, you may want to visit the only other known ocean in the solar system at least vicariously, through this new image. Link will be in the show notes. All right, Captains, let's find out what happened in Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Admirals, Delta Rising has been out for a little over two weeks now. 
And there's a lot going on in the community since its launch. Let's jump right into Star Trek Online news and give our initial review of Delta Rising. But first, we've got a Mirror Invasion event happening for the next several weeks, don't we, Cookie? Yes, Mirror Invasion event is back. Didn't we just have it? I swear we just had it. How often do these mirror events happen anyways? Okay, so it will run for a total of three weeks, starting Thursday, October 30th through Thursday, November 20th. It's a five-player cross-faction PvEQ for level 50 and up. So the main objective of this mission is to close the rifts, because if you don't, really annoying ships will come out and prevent you from doing anything and shoot you until you die, or just keep you so busy you can't do much of anything else, like close rifts. The ships also attack the space station, which is disabled, so you have to protect it and activate the four power substations, one on each corner of the map, to restore power to the space station so it can raise its defenses. Each time you restore power to the station, your progress increases in the defense level bar located on the side of your screen, and you have to keep reactivating all four of those power substations until that progress bar is full along with continuing to close rifts and protecting the station. Once the station defense level is full, then you just have to close all the remaining rifts on the map, indicated by the tiny white circles. Then there's a cutscene, and all the annoying ships go back into the mirror universe, and one specially modified dreadnought will spawn, and it will pop in and out of the rifts until you destroy it. There is a time limit on this. Any ship can do any of the objectives, but a science ship has an advantage when it comes to closing rifts because it's a little quicker, and a cruiser is faster at restoring power to the station. But again, anyone can do it. I also noticed that even if you don't fire at the enemy ships, they will fire at you no matter what you do. So good luck on completing those scans. The success of the mission is rated by how many rifts you close, the maintained health of the station, the progress level of the station defenses, and defeating the mirror dreadnought that spawns at the end within the time limit. Once a day, upon completing the mission, you receive your choice of marks, except for Delta marks. The amount of marks depends on how well your team did completing the objectives. You will also receive one multi-dimensional transporter. If you get 14 multi-dimensional transporters, you can turn them into the Mirror Invasion Event Rewards Project under your Special Reputations Events tab, and from that you will earn 50,000 lithium, 500 fleet marks, 250 marks of your choice, and a unique Zephram Cochrane shotgun. Also, any extra multi-dimensional transporters you receive after you complete the initial rep project can be traded for 50 marks and 2,000 lithium through a secondary event reputation project. Zephram Cochrane Shotgun? Yes, Zephram Cochrane Shotgun. Usher in a new era of peace with this badass mother... Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> you have problems? We have solutions. 120.1 DPS worth of solutions. Power. You want to keep people out? We've got your do not disturb sign. It's made of steel and nightmares. Critical power. You want experience? You want that promotion? You want to make it a 60? Ain't gonna happen with phasers or disruptors. Raw, unbridled, down and dirty power. You drinking wine? You talking politics? You getting all feng shui in your officer's quarters? Then dance! Nerd tonic. Go overcook your steak, cute little poodle. You still here? Good. Then I've got your key to the universe. 
Behold, the mirror Zephram Cochran Shotgun Mark 12 by Cryptek. Put the fear of Zephram in your enemies. Watch them scatter before you scatter them. Orchids everywhere. Feel the power, power of the mirror Zephram Cochran Shotgun. Hold the steel. Unleash the critical hit. Critical damage combo. Bring the critical power. Expose them to the DPS menagerie of pain and terror. It has exposed attack. Chuck them the bird before you chuck them through the wall. As long as the wall is less than 22.5 meters away. Metric system. You want to be as badass as Mirror Zephram Cochran? Too bad. It ain't gonna happen. You want his Mirror Zephram Cochran Shotgun Mark 12 by Cryptek? We can help you with that. 14 multi-dimensional transporters, and it's yours! Crazy cheap. Plus, so you ain't surprised by the reaction you'll get while carrying your Mirror Zephram Cochran Shotgun, we'll throw 500 fleet marks, 50,000 pink crystals, and 250 marks of your choice at you. Don't forget your friends when you're spraying heated metal across the universe. Mirror, Zephra, Cochrane, Shotgun. So, so that's where I got really confused because <laughs> at first I was like, I'm sorry, a what shotgun? A who shotgun? Who are we remembering but with a shotgun? Only to then, I, like I had to look it up. I actually had to look up. Why, in the name of the great bird of the galaxy, are they naming a shotgun after Zephram Cochran, the, the father of Warp Drive, who ushered in a new era of peace and... Oh, first contact, first contact. But Elijah, it is a mirror universe event. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And I, I had to look it up, so I went to uh, Memory Alpha, and lo and behold, there is in fact a mirror Zephram Cochran. As you, as you mentioned, who, in welcoming the Vulcans, welcomed them with a shotgun to the face. Oh. You can find out about this, actually, if you had watched uh, Enterprise. This is actually a, a, the Mirror Enterprise uh, episode. I, I don't know what season it was, but uh, it was a good episode. It was, it was a fun episode, and it was a very fun introduction. The introduction itself was, was very well done for this episode of Enterprise. But again, it was like, it, it was... I didn't. I couldn't put two and two together, and I don't know that you have to be a diehard Trekkie to know that off, like right off the top of your head, that it was in an intro to Enterprise on UPN that that they that they're referencing. I mean, that's that was that was a stretch to believe that so many people would know that off the top of their head. Well, I certainly knew that off the top of my head. I laughed hard when I read that. <laughs> And let that just be a, a plug for the fourth season of Enterprise was possibly one of the best series of Star Trek that was out there. I will agree of with course, that. Of course, everyone was so disgusted that they never watched it or never got to that point, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I will definitely agree with that. that. Season plug. four of Enterprise is, is amazing. It's quality, quality entertainment. I didn't know what it was either. I tried Googling it. I couldn't find anything. It wasn't until Skiffy linked the YouTube video, which we should put in the show notes. That opening teaser of um, Through a Mirror Darkly was one of the most memorable moments in all of Star Trek history for me. Yeah, it was good. They did a great <laughs> that, job. That moment, repeating that scene out of first contact, spot on, and leading to that just incredible moment where he blows the hell out of the Vulcans. <laughs> Some of us, yes, that, that moment is ever etched in our memories and <laughs> did not need a, a look up later. 
Link will be in the show notes. Parental discretion is advised. Uh, before we move on, uh, so the one thing that is of concern, I know I know people are talking about how difficult the mirror invasion event is, and we'll, we'll cover that later when we talk about PVEs in general, but the lack of delta marks when you complete the mission every day, I have to think that's an oversight, and that they slotted this mission in from the last time it was run and forgot to add delta marks as a as an option. So if anybody at Cryptic is, is listening, if that's a mistake, if you want to add Delta Marks back in, we'd really appreciate it because that would be the, the hotly anticipated marks right now. But every other type of mark uh, box is an option when you complete it. But uh, you see, I think that's by design. I think that they did that by design because they want you to play. I don't, I don't think so because they've, they've done it before. When, when the winter event and the summer events roll around, they tend to forget to add the new marks in and a week later they throw them in. I, I really don't think it's a design thing. I, I think I think they just forgot. I really think they just forgot. Well, time will tell. I, I think it's a little odd, actually, for them to throw in a uh, classic repeatable event like this so early in the Delta Rising release, honestly. And especially to do it without the uh, mark rewards for Delta reputation. Uh, you would think they would actually maybe hold off on that until people are sort of filling up their Delta rep and not trying to split their time so much. You know, we'll, we'll get into this a little later about you know the, the level cap increase and XP rate, but... I mean, this could be a way for players to to, to earn some XP and level up uh, when there is an intentional, quote-unquote, perhaps intentional slowing down of how fast players actually level up. But we'll get to that now, actually, as we move into our review of Delta Rising. And a lot of things have come out with Delta Rising, right? We had the level of cap increase. We had new story missions. We had PVEQs and, and changes to the difficulty. We had uh, new special task forces, new adventure zones, specialization talent trees, intelligence officers, and so many other things added to, to including an upgrade system. A lot, a lot packed into this expansion. And unfortunately, we don't have the time uh, to go through each and every feature that was included. So we've we've highlighted some of the things that we felt most passionate about, that we could discuss and we can give a an educated opinion on. Now that we're talking about XP and, and the Mirror event, let's talk about that first. Let's talk about the level cap increase. So Dr. Robert, what are your feelings about the level cap increase, the XP rate? How are you enjoying it or not enjoying it? Well, it's a really interesting shift, I think, in the game since... Uh... The transition was made to free to play and leveling was really almost a joke. You could do a level a day just running DOF missions, right? Clearly they've kind of reversed their sense of how they want leveling to run after this because obviously you're taking increasing amounts of experience point at every level. And I think it's sort of an interesting choice they've made that they really want the experience of leveling to be a, a something to be, shall we say, savored over time, not something to be blown through over a weekend. So. By and large, I think it will be an interesting change to the game and giving you that added carrot of specialization points after uh, you reach level 60 is, is certainly exciting. But, you know, as someone who only, you know, at best plays a couple hours, like every day or so, uh, it is a slow process. And uh, I, I get that they want you to uh, uh, have things to look forward to, but uh, it's interesting, I think, just to watch the sort of the disparity of people who seem to play the game, you know, eight hours a day every day and are, you know, already past level 60 and others who may not reach level 60 for, you know, a month or more. 
I, I get it, right? Because the devs said it. The devs, the devs said it at Vegas, and they weren't kidding that the new story and the new content was designed to last for a long, long time. Because as it stands, I just made it to level 54. And I, too, play, if that, an hour or two an evening, if that, right? Now, now here's what's happened to me specifically. I started going through the new Delta Rising mission journal. And like a wide-eyed kid at a candy store, I was, I was overjoyed with so much content and so much story. I thought I'd be able to, to burn through the story arc like I have in the past while also reaching level 60. But no, no, that's not the case. I, hit, I actually hit a level wall, and boy, did I hit it hard. Because at level 53, when I reached the Kobali homeworld and completed the missions in Kobali, I couldn't move forward. Because I had not yet moved to level 54. I had not yet progressed to level 54. And at the end of the Kobali missions, or after I completed the last one I possibly could at level 53, where the general tells you, I got nothing more for you to do, kid, I still couldn't move on. And so I got really confused. And I'm like, wait a minute, why, why can't I progress in the story? And I hadn't, I hadn't even noticed that the missions were level gated. I don't even remember missions ever being level gated. And why? Because we have grown accustomed to be able to complete a mission, maybe an added objective, and just power through the levels. Well, not only that, but I mean, a majority of our players, a majority of our listeners have been at, quote, max level for so long that level gating has never been anything you've had to worry about. And and so so now we're, true, we're just kind true. of Absolutely, pushed yeah. into, you know, outside of our comfort zone of, oh, no, we actually have to worry about this again. Right. And so now I'm 53. And I'm digging through my mission journal to see if, if I have any older missions that I hadn't played through with this new main tune that I have so that I can level up and progress through the, through the story. So there's that, right? I haven't been able to progress through the actual episodic content because I actually hit a level gate before I could proceed to the next mission. And therein lies the problem. I learned early in, in uh, the Delta mission experience to drop down to advanced or, or normal instead of my typical elite difficulty because the return on investment just wasn't there. I spent way too long trying to kill a mob at the start of the missions and not getting the XP payout that I was expecting. And so I find it to be very unbalanced. I understand that I don't have level 14 gear yet. I understand these things, but one thing that we were sold on or what was repeated time and again was that to progress through the story content, you did not need a tier six ship. You didn't even need a tier five upgrade ship. You'd be able to get through the content in, with what you have. Okay, that's fine. But I'm not getting the XP reward that I feel I should be getting if I'm going to spend the time to play the mission on Elite. So instead, I've got to jump out, do other missions. There's only so much else you can do in terms of Delta Quadrant content before you're, you're kind of you're grasping at strings at where to get XP. Yeah, and I, I think I would have rather this been structured very, very differently. I, I get that they wanted to stretch out the story. I still think there's not enough of it, and I know we're going to touch on that a little bit later. Um, but I would have liked if the story missions would have carried you to whatever level they're going to carry you to without being gated. Uh, so that you could play them back-to-back -back if desired, and then run the PVEs and run the patrols and run that stuff uh, to get you from 55 to 60 or whatever, you know, wherever it lands you to top level. Yeah. yeah. I, I get that the upper levels have a, what, exponential increase, 
So what it takes to get from 50 to 51, you can do that pretty quickly, but to get from 57 to 58 is going to take a lot more. So you're not going to just power through these, but that's where the grinding comes in. That's where the end game is supposed to be. They shouldn't be stuffing, you know, really important cliffhanger story missions at the end of this. But I will also say, and we'll get into the story later, the story is worth the grind. Oh my goodness, it's so good. The story missions are excellent. They're some of my favorite missions in the game. I haven't gotten as far as I would have liked because of just being busy for one thing. I got a late start, but I also wasn't able to do very many at a time before I was halted by the level requirement like you guys were talking about. Um, I tried to fill up the time by doing other things, but it's still kind of a slow process. And by the time I finally got enough XP to do the next mission, I needed a break from the game. So it's been really slow for me, but I'm okay with taking things slow. It just wasn't exactly what I had imagined when I envisioned making popcorn and hot cocoa and curling up and getting lost in the story missions all day. I wanted to sink my teeth in it, but I was only able to get a small taste before I had to stop and try to figure something else out to get through the, to the next level. But I'm not... I mean, I'm okay with how much it takes to get to the ne next level. I get that, because that's the way it's always been. It's always been kind of like harder and harder to get to the next level, and of course it's going to be even more difficult from 50 to 60. But um, not being able to do the, the story missions was kind of disappointing. Well, if I could just jump in with a counterpoint view on this for a moment. Um, on one level, I actually think what they did makes a lot of sense from a game design perspective, right? Content is expensive and um, very slow to produce. And so they have invested a lot of money in generating, you know, a few hours of solid voiceover level cutscene content. And what they've wanted to do is somehow gate it so that you don't really turn it into like a, a Netflix binge season, right? They want people to have something that lure that they want to come back to the game next week and the week after that. And so one way you do that is you generate a lot of content all at once, but then you gate it in a way so that it trickles out, right? I mean, alternately, they could just have only put out two missions now and waited two weeks and put out two more missions and so forth. But by uh, choosing to gate it by level rather than just by release date, what they do is they've built this now into the system for players who start next week, next month, they've sort of stretched out this story experience so it's going to be a long-term experience that there's always a little more story to get the more I play through. Now, you can certainly argue how much time it takes to get to the level and, and so forth, and I, I'll certainly uh, uh, not argue if, uh, against uh, assertions that maybe the level gating is too slow to progress through. Uh, personally, I actually have maybe five characters I've leveled up over the years, and I actually enjoy playing all of them, but the amount of time it's taking me to get one character, you know, even close to 60, I'm kind of seriously wondering if I'm ever really going to go back to some of those characters, because it's just such a time investment for one character. Yeah, it's a bummer, and you know, you mentioned, and we talked about this in, in the pre-show as we were getting ready, about comparing it to Netflix, right? If, if you know, Netflix, like a, a show like Orange is the New Black. You know, they release all their episodes, and in most cases, people will binge it. My solution, right, if, if I could wave a magic wand, would be to have eliminated the level gate on the missions, at the very least, right? And like Skiffy said, maybe make that level 51 to 55. Because I'm not seeing the double XP payout that, that Cryptic was talking about, right? And I shouldn't be a fraction of the way through level 53, 
and then struggle to find things to do so I can level as fast as possible to continue through the story. Story is the spotlight of Delta Rising, right? This has been one of the, the, the key selling features about it. The fact that they brought back the voiceover talent, the fact that they, that they uh, are continuing the story of the Delta Quadrant. And, and story is a key feature for Star Trek Online as a whole, right? We don't have a, a, a show to go to every week. Uh, we have to watch reruns, but there's nothing new aside from the JJ movies. So why frustrate players with the level gating? Which is one of the best features of Star Trek Online, a feature that, that keeps bringing people back to the game. So the argument can be made that to keep cheats in the seats and, and, and to incentivize players would be to, to maybe release the episodic content every week, right? So that between... So it, it no longer becomes a... Oh man, I'm I'm only fifty I'm only fifty two and I need to be fifty three to play the next mission. All right, what do I have to do? But in between the weeks, I'm coming back into the game and leveling up, and it doesn't even become an issue for me anymore. It's 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 a more of a psychological thing because it, it no it doesn't become a chore for me to level to get moving in the story and to hear and to hear Robert Picardo and to hear Harry Kim and to hear Jerry Ryan. I said Harry Kim and not Garrett Wong. <laughs> But it, it doesn't become a chore for me. It becomes something I look forward to, and I'm going to go back in the game and between the weeks, you know, play the other content, whatever, whether it's item upgrade, whether it's the PvE content, whatever the case may be. So, all right, so what do you do now? What, what, what can players do now to help mitigate this, this XP issue and, this, and the, the speed at which you level? Well, you know... I'm kind of curious to know if this leveling... Um, issue is a problem with a new tune that is created today. See, because we we started. Nope, it's not. Well, because yeah, when when you're leveling through, no. when you're playing the missions in the past, when the when the level cap was fifty, you'd get two thirds of the way through the story missions and you'd be maxed out, and then all of your XP at that point was dumped into. Um, expertise points it, it didn't save skill points we all started That's with zero. Oh, i so see what you're saying if you started yes, a yes, new yes, tune today and player. played through at, you know along with doffing i wonder if you'd hit this um this level gate at all i wonder if it would produce enough xp to where you wouldn't hit these these gates that's an interesting point i mean i on some level i had leveled up all my characters except for my romulan i guess before free to play dropped and so i was actually used to having content level gated because uh back before free to play you actually did have to go through and do some sector patrols and things to get that last bit of experience you needed before there were um doff missions right so in some sense this just harkened back to what the early days of it were like but uh, one thing i was going to interject though is the uh it's certainly another angle and they they used it when they did the uh, previous set of feature episodes to do you know one release a week so you had sort of that weekly episode effect uh the downside of that in terms of a sort of a design process is like you know that works as an event at that moment but then afterwards uh when new players come through right the it it still becomes like a, a block of content they can kind of digest really really quickly and if their goal is to try to make story a carrot that draws you through multiple sessions of play then switching to a, a level gated model uh, or back to or continuing you know their existing level level gated model uh, you know makes a certain amount of sense but you know there is a separate issue on how quickly we can progress through the levels and does it make sense to have things so slow at these last stages 
and 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 to add to that, I mean, all right. So so let's say, all right, let's say we we stick to the level gated model, right? So right now, what do I have to do? What do I have to do for my character between when I'm between Kobali and uh, and the next mission, right? What do I do to get through the levels? What Delta Quadrant content do I have to get through? Available to me, not get through, but what do I? What content do I have available to me to help me gain XP? So right now, well, for the next three weeks, we we have I have mirror, but that's not Delta Quadrant. For me, I have missions that I never did before from uh, from this tune. I can do that, but again, that's not Delta Quadrant content. So the really the the only thing available to me right now are to replay the patrols. When I did that, I did that the other night with somebody, and I think and on advanced I got like 17 xp points per kill that's absurd but of course the cute events are so difficult that you know you largely can only do those on uh on normal certainly if you're in pugs there's a ton of cute events there's other places that you can play i don't know but i'm asking what i'm asking specifically is what delta quadrant content can you do well, that's what I meant, the new, the new Delta Quadrant Qs. But unfortunately, one of the Delta Quadrant Qs doesn't unlock until you finish through a, a later content. So really, you only get um, uh, Borg disconnected as uh, the, the new one you can start at level 50. You can repeat Kobali as well. You can repeat some of the, the pop-up events in Kobali. After you hit level 53. I'm between a rock and a hard place where I was at 53 and I couldn't do anything else. I was actually stuck. So for players like me... I kind of just want to offer some some suggestions on what you can do if you happen to be level gated on a mission on a for a mission, and you're kind of hard pressed. You've done all your your episodic content, so you're not going to get the same amount of XP as if you were to have done it the first time, uh, past or present content included. So what can you do? So all right, you can do the existing PVEs, and I did notice that in the PVEs on advanced, I was getting some pretty decent XP. I was I was I was okay with it. Um, but don't forget about your doffs. You know, doff missions can significantly help you, admirals, with uh, with leveling your tune and gaining XP while you're away from the keyboard. Um, A pro tip for you is uh, some of the doff missions in the Delta sectors and some of the doff missions in the the Solene Dyson Sphere Adventure Zone, Space Adventure Zone, give large amounts of XP, like one to two thousand XP per per uh, mission so seek those out and that will help tremendously actually and in the meantime you know run the pve queues run the queues that, that are available to you and 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 now take advantage of the mirror event because not only can you level up your your masteries for your ship but you can also level up your captain and and today doing the mirror event on normal um i saw that i was getting some pretty decent xp per kill it wasn't it wasn't as low as 17 as i was getting on uh, when I, I redid a patrol there was no point for me to redo a patrol, and I and I don't see a point in me trying to travel through the Delta Quadrant redoing the patrols, even if the content is repeatable, and even if it's never the same way twice. The XP just wasn't there for me to want to play it again. Unless they add a wrapper. What do you mean by add a wrapper? Well, it's like you currently have uh, level-gated wrappers that are essentially missions that send you on uh, uh, groups of four uh, patrols, and then when you complete all four of those, then it adds an additional experience reward on top of that. So you have dailies like in um, Taldewa that you can pick. That's a wrapper. Once you complete four or enough of the Taldewa missions, then you get an extra bonus on top of it. So if they added that wrapper and really threw in a, a significant bump to experience, that might be a viable way of progressing through it more efficiently. 
So, you know, again, it's, it, there are things that you can do to try to help control and, and expedite the, the XP gaining process, but I'm definitely not seeing the XP boosts that, you know, were, were spoken about uh, during our talks with Cryptic or during their own announcements that, that I'm seeing. Even after the, the even after Voldemort, um, we, you know, they said that the XP was doubled. I, I'm just, I'm not seeing that. I'm not getting a return on investment. I'm not doing these missions on advanced. I'm not doing these missions on, uh, on elite. Definitely not elite. I learned that quick. Yeah, and I was, I ran every mission on elite. It didn't. I, every episode that came out, I was running them on elite. And now I don't. I don't waste the time. It's just not worth it for me. Well, part of part of Delta Rising is uh, the realization that all of your top level, top geared characters are now moderately lame. There's there's a certain amount of uh, shell shock I think that you get anytime there's a level cap increase when suddenly you're not the best thing out there anymore, and it actually takes a lot of time to get back up to that stage. We had all gotten used to power creep, and we had discussed uh, in many episodes power creep and what it does to the game, and we had all gotten used to being overpowered against NPCs, and now we're all on the same playing field. We're all on a level playing field. Well, let's save that for our discussion for the PvEQ revamp. So right now I want to talk a little bit about the actual story itself uh, and get your opinions on what you've experienced so far and what you think of the story. Uh, Try not to give away any spoilers because I haven't finished it, right? Because I'm stuck at 53. So uh, don't spoil it for me. And um, But, you know, generally what what are your thoughts, your general ideas of the actual story arc written for Delta Rising? Well, Mindscape was my favorite so far. I love that weird trippy stuff. I also like Dragon's Deceit when I got to play it on Tribble, although it didn't allow me to finish it, so I'm looking forward to doing that on Holodeck once I reach the level that will allow me to. I love the grapple gun. I don't think I will ever get tired of it. I just wish we could use it more often. And I still can't get over the fact that you can flirt with the Vaudoir in that mission. That is so funny to me. As far as the patrol missions, I actually really didn't mind them. When I first did them on Tribble, it was before I heard all the player feedback, and I just did them, and I just figured it was a way to show you the different areas of the Delta Quadrant, and an easy way to get your daily Delta marks if you didn't feel like doing a PvE, and I really didn't think too much into it. It it didn't bother me, and then I heard about all of the different opinions, and then I thought about it, and... I, it still doesn't bother me. Uh, well, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, the the biggest takeaway from this, and I, I have completed all the missions at this point, the biggest takeaway is, holy cow, the story is amazing. Uh, it, it is absolutely, if you're grinding from level to level, as I said before, it is absolutely worth the grind. Um, I just wish there were more. I, I, I wish there were more stories. The, the, the takeaway that I got from the, or the breakdown that I have is that of the Delta missions, we have nine actual real story missions, six patrol missions, which I know are more relevant than previous patrol missions, but I still don't be- don't think that they belong in the, the mission journal. Uh, so nine actual story missions is, is a little, is quite a lot less than I was expecting from an expansion, to be honest. Uh, when Legacy of Romulus came out a year and a half ago, they had between 30 and 33 new missions that were story-based. They were all very good. They had they, uh, they had a great uh, production value. They were fun to play through. And now that's been whittled down to, to nine, which I, I felt uh, fell a little short. But the mechanics that they've added to some of these, uh, Cookie, you mentioned the, the grapple, uh, grapple gun. That was so much fun. 
there is an awesome cliffhanger or plot twist in that mission, uh, and it's just it, it's well worth the the time uh, investment. Well, I, I've got to say that this is really, I think, the best content that's been added to the game to date. But in, in part, right, because they have so much voice talent that they've drawn from Voyager. Uh, but not just that, the writing, the interest level uh both on sort of a plot but even on an emotional level in some of the episodes i've really not seen them attain this level of quality in the past so in some sense i think that the content issue that we're grappling with is quantity versus quality uh certainly it's costing them a lot more to make one of these missions than it did uh, one of the legacy of Romulus missions, many of which didn't have any voiceover or minimal voiceover in places. Whereas now we're got, we've got pretty much full-on scripted cutscenes carrying us beginning to end through these missions. So uh, I've also managed to finish uh, all of the content I played a whole lot the last couple of weeks to <laughs> make it through. And I was actually quite satisfied all the way through. Um, if, if I had to quibble a little bit, I would say I have some issues with the final mission. Uh, no spoilers, just uh, it's a lot more of a boss grind fest and maybe a little lighter on the story than I would have wanted at that point in the progression. Uh, uh, I was at some point wondering, like, do I actually get to go to bed tonight So <laughs> when I was trying to finish it? But uh, that, and honestly, I was actually very impressed with the patrol missions. I found them interesting at every level, and at each stage... When you get the uh, patrol mission group to play through, it felt like they were really inserting themselves at the proper point in the story, you know, fleshing out stuff that was happening on the periphery of the main storyline, kind of like those B-plots that you would get in a primary episode of Star Trek. So I actually thought they integrated very nicely to the story in that respect. I absolutely 100% agree. Skiffy, you're a fool. Because uh, I will <laughs> kick you where you stand. It, it is it is exactly what I was asking for, right? One thing that I, uh, that I had been mentioning over time was how awesome it would be to have these in between episodes where where it just wasn't go off and kill something, but now we have go off and That's kill something with a purpose and with story behind it. This was more than just a patrol mission. This was getting to know the hierarchy. This was getting to know uh, other villains from 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 the Delta Quadrant that that made Voyager's life a living nightmare. So this was this was more than just go off and kill something, but go off and kill something and learn about the history of the Delta Quadrant for people who were not already familiar with Voyager's story, who didn't watch all seven seasons of Voyager, or who had and hadn't watched it for a particularly long period of time. So I don't feel that I did, these didn't these didn't give me that sense of grindy patrol missions that that the other sectors had at the other side like like a serious sector patrol that grindy boring this was not that you never once felt like killing 175 groups of enemies was too much 175 no no there were there were 35 systems if you did them all you had to go to approximately 35 systems and in each one of those you had to kill five about five to seven groups of enemies i mean i now that i'm doing them in normal uh, they don't bother me I blast right through them. I'm pretty quick with them. It's my space explosions, and again, I'm still getting some story missions. These aren't the same typical patrol missions that 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 you were getting before. Um, I I would like to point out that I don't want them removed from the game. I just don't think they have a place in the episode journal. 
the episode journal is where we've always gone for story missions, and these are side plots. These, these are exactly like the patrols we've had in Taodewa or in Soul Block. They've been there. You could play them. If you were interested in the story, you could go to them. But they, I don't think they belong as a required piece of the episode journal to progress. I, th- I just. But it, the reason they do belong there, I think, is that their content at each group that you play is actually time relevant to the story right. content that you've played up right. to that point. They are actually they evolve. They're, the stories, the kind of stories you address in each group of patrols goes along with the main story. And if you took them out of the journal progression, you wouldn't even know how to you know, experience them in the order that they're intended to get the full story. But for players like me, if they're not in the episode journals, I don't know that they exist. Yeah, that's another problem too. Now, I agree that the, those patrols, they you're outnumbered here, Skiffy. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Everybody else listening is like, no! No, I quit this. Yeah, I, I actually think I, I know, speak for a, speak a, for a well, a, a large group of the player base, but <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I'm only teasing you. It's just that I'm okay with them, and, and I I think that this is these patrol missions in in the actual journal themselves uh, answer what I had been calling, which was missions that don't need to be as elaborate as. Uh, sphere of influence or as elaborate as any of the missions episodic quote unquote episodic missions that uh, are in the Delta in the Delta Rising mission journal but instead fill the gap like a Star Trek magazine story mission that Christina has been writing would fill the gap between episodes I think that it does really well now here's the other thing okay I don't have anything negative to talk about the story. I actually enjoy it pretty well. Then again, though, I've like I said earlier, I've only gone through Kobali. But what I have noticed is that the dialogue for my captain is definitely more stylized than previous missions that I can remember. Like, there's, there's a lot more bold wording that I'm not used to reading from my captain. You, you are spot on with that, I have to say. Yes, that was an incredible change in that experience playing through these missions. Do you guys view this as positive or negative? Positive. So far, it doesn't, I'm not, I can't make a decision yet on it because before things were written more, it's kind of sterile and generic, right? And and you could, you could be anybody saying these things. But this language, I would you almost expect from a foundry war. author. Yeah, you can flirt with the, the vaudoir. Now, I and again, it. I'm not bashing it at all yet. I, it's it's just right now it's an observation, and I and I I just don't know how I feel about it. Come back to me when I finally finish the arc or get past level 53, and I might be able to give you a better answer. Um, so far, I'm kind of apprehensive about it a little bit. I'm not going to lie, um, but it's I'm not turned off by it. I will say that. Uh, I will toss in with the. I think it's a pretty positive step forward. It's it's certainly not perfect. There have certainly been a few moments. Where, like in a Foundry mission, I feel like they've given me only a cup, one or two options, or maybe just one option that, that isn't what I would say. But the price, that's a small price to pay for otherwise having what feels like a much richer involvement as a character in the story. So generally, aside from a few iffy spots here and there, I think the overall effect has been a, a, a much better step forward, where I actually feel like I am not just this generic, dull-witted, boring <laughs> captain. All right, Captains, the last thing that we're going to actually review from Delta Rising, which is not the, the, the ultimate last thing. Well, 
probably talk about other things in future episodes. But for this particular episode, our final review is going to be about the new PVEQs and the revamp to the difficulties, including, and of course, the, the, the new content that's been available now. Well, Elijah, I'm glad you picked such an easy topic. So I have only done... Of the new PvE, I've only been able to do Borg Disconnected, and that having to do with the fact that I'm stuck at level 53. Um, <laughs> Me too. But with Borg Disconnected, I was able to run it with a team of four with one uh, random player, and we did it on normal, and it was just like I remember on Tribble, not much of a problem. I didn't have an issue with it. I thought it was actually quite easy. Um, you know, the Borg are relentless, and kind of like in Mirror, like Cookie was saying earlier, where, you know, somebody's got, somebody has to not generate threat and interact and free the Borg, right? So somebody's got to do that. And so it's good to get on TeamSpeak and collaborate. Okay. As for the other missions that I did, I did Advanced Conduit. I did Normal Borg Disconnected. Uh, advanced Kinemer. Now, I haven't gone into them and done the missions with anything other than my Tier 5 upgrade fleet avenger battlecruiser whereas during the delta quadrant missions i'm on my tier six phantom and why is that well because i think i'd probably die a lot in my phantom i just i'm not used to the intel powers i'm not used to the seating i think it's a little bit squishy i don't think i'm getting the dps that i should be getting from the ship and i think that just has to do with growing pains of of this new tier six vessel but anywho i digress in my avenger with only Mark 12s, I never once felt like I was useless. Now, sure, the enemies were tougher, and I didn't cut through them like, like I used to. But my guess is that I won't feel that way once I have Mark 14 weapons. And not even gold weapons, I'm just saying Mark 14. So ultimately, I did feel challenged, but I never felt defeated. I never died once. I've been pleased with the changes because it, it made me want to upgrade my gear so that I can go back and, and start cutting through the Borg again like a boss. Now, in terms of any negative thing I feel about the, the difficulty, um, what I understand is that if you fail any of the objectives in, in Advanced or Elite, you will get booted from the map. Or is that just in Elite? It terminates immediately, gives you a booby prize of marks, and that's it. Oh, it do- okay, so it does give you something. All right. But it's I a really rather, scaled down. It's right. like 10 to 15 marks. So I would rather them not do that and remove the cooldown so that I could try to do it again than a itty-bitty prize, like a tip jar prize. My rebuttal would be give us half the cooldown. Okay, you could do half the cooldown. You know, still, still give us the few marks, but give us half the cooldown. Okay, all right, That's. I think that's accept- acceptable too. I would prefer that they just remove the cooldown if you fail it so that you can go right back in with the team and maybe try a different strategy instead of having to make us wait. Yeah, they, they've done that with other things, haven't they? Remove the cooldown if you fail it? No, not in PB. I don't know that they even have the tech to do that. I mean, I, w- I hope that they would. That it's just. A- I think she's right. I just don't know what it is, but I remember there's something that has a failure condition and... Yeah, and then you can just go and do it again, but it's not a with a typical cooldown. <sighs> what was it though? I, I'm I can't remember what it was. Oh, I know. I'm thinking of uh, uh, the daily, um, the uh, the dailies down uh, in Ada Eridani, uh, uh Trailus system. If you fail Trailus, uh, which you can fail, uh, then you can just restart it immediately. 
I didn't realize that. All right, so the tech is there. So I, I think that it would be better, especially right now when players are still getting used to the changes, that in advanced, if you fail the objective, then there's no cooldown, right? And I think that this also caters to pickup groups because with pickup groups, you're more than likely to fail. So I don't want to be penalized because in a pickup group, you know, Bobby over in Switzerland doesn't know what he's doing, but I do. My last little point of contention is, in fact, the Dilithium reward nerfs. I don't... That I, I, I agree with the community wholeheartedly. I think that it, it should have stayed where Advanced would give you the 960 Dilithium, and the Elite would give you, I don't know, uh, uh, 1,100, whatever. I'll throw a number out there. 1,100 Yeah, because Dilithium. you're doing more. I know the Elite's... The old elite's supposed to be the same as the new advance. It's not. The new advance is a lot harder, and you're getting less. Yeah, and and with dilithium being as um, necessary, I mean, I don't know anybody that's that's building up dilithium at this point. There's upgrades that are taking it. There's there's um, uh, crafting that's requiring. It. So it's just such a, a commodity right now that we need more of it, not less. And not only have they reduced the rewards, the mission is so much more easy to fail where you might not get any at all after investing three times as much time in it. So it, yeah, it's... Dilithium's it's, not in the failure condition, that's right. It's a vastly reduced reward when you factor in all of these things together. So I see, I, you know, I see, I see your dilithium and I raise you, remove the, the, the cooldown on failed missions. Cookie, what are your thoughts on the new PvE? Well, as far as the new PvEs, I've only been, been able to try the Borg Disconnected normal because I've not leveled up enough to do the other ones. Technically, I could do it in advanced, but until I complete all the objectives in the normal level, I'm not even going to try. And I'm sh I'm not sure if I ever will be able to complete the normal one. Most of it's okay up to the last part. I've never been on a team that has completed the last objective. And I've done it several times. So, I don't know. The last objective is an optional, and that is um, kill three boss ships um well both of the two there's two at the end i think there's two different objectives at the end and i've never done either one of them one is like you have to kill a certain amount in a row or something and then the other one is kill all of them yeah, one is kill three with all three d ships within 60 seconds but that's just a bonus reward that's not a requirement at advanced those bosses have a lot of hit points. I, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a while before teams get coordinated enough and have the right level gear to be able to to kill that within sixty seconds. That's rough. Well, you get two and a half minutes or three minutes to get all three of them down, but then there's this bonus if you make them all three blow up within sixty seconds of each other, which means you have to be working in parallel, taking each of them down in parallel and then kind of blowing them all at the same time. So that's what I I wasn't familiar with that one, but the ones I was familiar with is the Conduit Elite. I mean, not Conduit Elite. Okay, I really enjoyed Infected Conduit Advanced. I was very familiar with the Elite version before Delta Rising, and I think it's a lot of fun. It's definitely harder than the old Elite, which was too easy in my opinion, but. I absolutely love the challenge of the advanced, and I'm really looking forward to trying it in Elite once I hit level 60. Um, I think this that was a very good change, but I was familiar with that one. I'm not familiar with as much with the Borg Disconnected. Maybe someday I'll get more comfortable with it. Conduit was fun. We actually did that together, and, and Brandon uh, Feltzer joined us, actually. Uh, he just kind of 
rolled up and was like, hey, can I join you? And it was fantastic. It was fun to be able to play with him. And, uh, and it was my first time, and it was Cookie's first time as well. And Brandon did take the lead. You know, you do have to focus fire. You do have to all attack, you know, the spheres at once. And Brandon did have to reel us in. Now, he did that, and we weren't even on TeamSpeak. Uh, and he was still able to just kind of, you know, take command of the fleet. It was really good that he did that. If he wouldn't have done that, I'm not sure. We probably would have failed. Yeah, we definitely Because he led the, he was like, that was the example of how to do it correctly. And we just happened to get him. And I don't know what we would have done without him. <laughs> For Conduit, we didn't even bring the, the Transformers down to 10. We just, we popped them. And then we all popped them pretty quickly. Well, we, that was the plan. But that's hard to do sometimes to organize that correctly. Right. And it was still, it still ran really well. So again, I'm not so far in my experience with the PVE content, at least with the Borg ones. Um, I am, I'm not hating them. Well, I, I've got a different, a little different angle on some of this because I've been, like I said, I played a lot of content for the last couple of weeks, so I could level through the, uh, the the last of the story missions and get up to 59. And I've got to say, I've experienced a significant level of frustration with this new advanced level that they have scaled to. I, I understand the power creep got kind of crazy and, and the old infected space was kind of silly just how quickly you could go through it. But my worry is at this point they have increased that difficulty level to such a high bar they have effectively killed casual players' ability to advance through the system. Because you do not get the rare crafting or the very rare crafting components and you do not get the various modules the 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 processors or the ancient power cells at normal level you have to play advanced level to get those and uh like at this point like like you said with uh, borg disconnected which is one of the only two cues uh, or it's not it's the only cue you have at the beginning of level 50 to get advanced uh get ancient power cells it is not beatable in terms of the optionals on normal, on almost any pug that you would ever get, and even on organized groups, sometimes that that third wave of uh, uh, liberating the Borg when you've got the Borg destroying torpedoes and everything coming in. Um, I have not. I've played that. I've pugged that probably twenty-five to thirty times in the last two weeks. I have not once. Uh, sorry, once I saw the third optional cleared at normal. Why are you pugging them? Hmm? Because usually I'm a. I'm in the crowd that. While I, I, I love playing with my fleet, I love playing with you guys when I catch you online, uh, I just sometimes am on, I just have this little window, I just want to jump in and play through some of the content. So plugging has been a big part of my STO experience for many years. It is now dead. I can't do it anymore. It's, it's gone. Dr. Robert, do you hate people? Yes. Why don't you get on TeamSpeak? Why don't you get on TeamSpeak and... <laughs> Whatever. Sometimes it takes like a good 30 minutes to get a team together. Sometimes. That is exactly it. Are you it. ready? No, I'm not ready. Are you ready? No, I'm not ready. Okay, what are we going to do? I love okay, playing with my fleet, but just to get five people together sometimes in an evening, I, it used to be I could play Infected three times in the time it took us to assemble one well, now now I could maybe play half of Infected in the time it takes to get together, you know, one team of five. But you know, sometimes you know, maybe you can only get three or four people, and you've just got to pug it for that last, you know, fourth or fifth person. The level at which they've set advanced is so high that you basically cannot, through informal play, get the materials and gear, the materials you need to get the gear you need to bring your ship and your to that next level of damage. And I 
feel this is a pretty significant slap at casual gaming in STO. And I feel like STO is a game that has a lot of casual gamers. So Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with that completely. Uh, wh- while I do enjoy the new challenges, uh, and I enjoy that there's something to aspire to beat at the elite level, which I admittedly have not touched, uh, the, the advanced level should be attainable by a pug group. It should be puggable for the casual players. And they've, they've shot this, you know, they've overshot that goal. Um, now, this could very well change as Mark 14 gear becomes more common and, you know, is, is available. But that's another qualm I have is there's no way to get Mark 14 gear for free. You have to upgrade it. There, there's nothing that's available to you, you know, off the shelf. Well, and if you're going to use crafting for it, you have to have the rare crafting things, which then if you can't play the advanced cues, then you have to you know, buy them with energy credits, exorbitant rates, but they've been reduce the drop rates for EC material. So they've just really squelched out casual access to that gear. You know, I, I somehow felt that advanced would be a level that was puggable. Maybe you've got to work, but you know, it's still basically puggable to give you the ability to get the gear and advance through the game so that you would start to be able to access Elite. Let me pose this to you, though. The fact of the matter is, is that there has now been new gear introduced, level 14 gear, and yes, you need, for if you know, you're going to give it to a crafter, you need some of those, a lot of those materials to craft, um, but do you think this is just a temporary feeling? Do you think that just in a few weeks' time, there will be, you know, another power creep, and you'll be cutting through them with a pug? Yeah. I, I just I don't feel that this is the first time that 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 people have felt this way or, or you know that that there's been this I can't pug this why what's going on, and then the dust settles, and and then you end up pug you get you end up pugging them and cutting through them like a hot knife through butter. Well, that probably speaks more to how the 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 leveling considerations need to be done on a more fine grained scale than once every four years. True that, uh, or two years or whenever the last time they tried to adjust it, I think trying to adjust the difficulty level today for where people are going to be in a year is causing a lot of stress. And I'd actually like to throw out one other element. Again, speaking of someone who's, who does tend to run a lot of pugs, uh, a very nasty element that this is introduced into the game is that it has um, there is really unpleasant chat going on in pugs now that at a level I have literally never seen before where the frustration level uh some even in normal, but particularly the few times I've tried to pug advanced, leads people to be just saying unnecessarily awful, nasty, rude things about players who maybe don't know the full strategy or so forth. Uh, so I've, I've certainly seen members of the pugs just throw out stuff that just you know raises my blood pressure and ruins the enjoyment of playing through this game. And I figure they're stressed out because they want to get this gear and they can't get it because they you know they feel they're playing with losers. Um, Alternatively, I've seen it the other way around, where I've seen someone who's had some problems, who, like, for instance, doesn't know that they need to be healing injuries to, you know, going into an advanced level queue with, you know, six injuries on their character, where I try to actually send a polite message, and you get, like, nasty <laughs> comment, like, you don't know how to play this game kind of stuff. And I've never seen this level of nastiness in game before, as I now see in these pugs. So I've really... I just it just dismays me that part of the uh, effect of this much difficulty seems to go hand in hand with creating a lot of ill will between players and making it a lot less pleasant uh, just to be in there with kind of other random players in the game. 
I'm gonna, I have to take your word for it, because, I mean, I, I've experienced it before where I actually had to kick somebody from the fleet because they were completely unreasonably rude and and uncompromising during a mission. Well, but the reason you haven't experienced this is because you're not playing pugs. You're always playing Right, I'm not playing pugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and unfortunately, a casual player who jumps into this pug experience, if they see a lot of negativity, it could easily just turn them off the game and say, you know, they don't yeah, need this stress. You're right. you're absolutely I'm playing right. this for fun. I don't need to get really stressed out by someone who's being, you know, a jerk. You are 100% absolutely right. Yeah. People have gotten comfortable with, you know, the elite SDS. They've had, what is it, two and a half years to get used to how they are and have gotten used to that. And now everything, absolutely everything about them has been changed. And I, I do see why there's a, a lot of frustration happening, but don't take that out on other people. Be friendly, you know. We're all we're all adapting to this. There's probably still some tweaking that's going to happen on Cryptic's end, um, but uh... I was going to say alternately they could reevaluate the um, the loot drops and say actually add a you know a fifty fifty chance you get an ancient power cell at normal as well. You know, open up an opportunity for people to at least be able to gear up at the level they can actually complete a mission, which you can't currently do in these things. Uh, and ironically, I'll actually throw out, because I've also played uh, Bug Hunt on Advanced, and while the space advanced missions are basically uncompletable, I think, unless you have a really well-coordinated fleet, Bug Hunt is almost unfailable at, on Advanced, even if you have a really terrible pug, which I've had several times now. And at least you can get the uh, ancient power cells that way. But again... Why is the space experience so miserable <laughs> compared to the ground experience? Well, it's going to take some getting used to. Or are they just trying to force people to do the ground as the only way that you can possibly get the power cells you need for the new uh, Delta gear? Elijah said something earlier in, in, uh, about uh, is this a temporary thing, and I really do think it is. Even without any tweaking from Cryptic, I think as people get used to what needs to be done, it's going to become easier. I remember when the 8472... Um, PVEQs, and I can't remember the names of them right now. I remember when those came out, I tried them in the first weeks, and I said I'd never run them again. And I tried it a month later, and people knew what to do, and you know, you wouldn't fail them anymore. They, they were completable, even on Elite. So I, I think it's just going to take some time. In the meantime, though, they've thrown this whole reputation system out, and you want the gear, and they've made it incredibly frustrating to get the gear. I, I would put that on the same level of frustration as wanting to be able to play through the story content, but you can't because you're level-gated, as I'm running through this reputation system and I'm unlocking tiers, but uh, at least until you get to Bug Hunt, you have absolutely no way of getting the gear because you just can't get the ancient power cells you need for it. There's still some tweaking to be done. Yeah, there's still some tweaking to be done. Well, I don't know. I don't know that there's tweaking, but I think that that things will change over time, and right now is definitely a... a a rough time until everybody gets used to it and it's a real it's a real rotten shame if you're experiencing and other players are experiencing that type of vitriol uh in in a chat in a pickup group chat because you know a player is not as uh, either exp- it doesn't even matter if you're experienced or not they're just that's there's no place for that there's no place for that were you guys around when season five was live and, or when when they about six months after they made the game free to play, and all these noobs had finally made it to level fifty, mm-hmm. and they could finally play the elite STFs, and they did so without ever playing the normal ones, and they had no idea what to do, and yeah. for a good for, for a good four to six months, the the pugs were completely unusable by anybody that wanted to accomplish anything. Were you guys around for that? 
Yeah, I was playing that, though I have to admit, I, I can't remember being, like, unplayable at that point. But uh... For me, it was. I, I was used to the STFs, uh, and every time I went into a pug, I tried it dozens and dozens of times. It would always fail. ISE would always fail because nobody knew what to do. And I... I just turned it off. I never, I, I, for months, I didn't touch a PVE queue until all the until people had figured it out. And then, you know, now it's you know ISE became one of the, you know, one of the go-to ones. But ISE was failing constantly because nobody knew what to do. That that's a repeat thing of this. It's yeah. it's going to pass. It's just going to take some time. But I, you know, the thing I worry about if look at the numbers in the queues right now. You know, when you actually, I mean, admittedly, people were really lumping up into crystal entity and infected, but at any given moment, you would see easily in the evenings 80 people or more in, in active play. That number is way down. And the problem is, yeah. if people get so frustrated they don't even play, then they won't get good. It's kind of like you won't get the player base supporting it. And especially given how much longer the queues run now, the fact that numbers are this low are actually very disheartening as a as a trend i see 70 in mirror normal and four in mirror advanced (laughs) (laughs) exactly and they're suffering because they're only four (laughs) the rest of the cues are 10 or less every single one of them is 10 or less and that isn't just from mirror advanced pulling it because that's what the numbers i was seeing for the last week 10 or less at best and mostly in the normals I have a very special announcement. As of October 30th, 2014, an unbound version of Nerve Tonic is now available to pick up in the mission Night of the Comet. Oh my gosh! (laughs) I'll never forget where I was when I heard the news. (laughs) This has changed my life forever in Star Trek. I know, I know. So... Basically, after you give Cassidy her nerve tonic, by the way, the recipe is hot, sour, a little pick-me-up, stemmed glass, and a drop of honey. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) You can then go back to the bartender, and it lets you buy the tonic for 1,000 energy credits. That's the unbound version. But wait, You may only pick it up once... And you can only have one in your character at a time, including in your character's bank. There are four different variations of the nerve tonic that you can buy. The one in the tiny glass bottle makes you hold your head in pain, probably a hangover-related headache. The one in the mug makes you bend over like you're dizzy and you're about to puke. The one in the fancy wine bottle is the actual nerve tonic dance that we all know and love. And the one in the bowl makes you cough. Now, just just as a reminder to players, the nerve tonic dance will only work for female characters. Oh, man. That's right. That's right. If you're a male, you do the club dance. Oh. Which you can just do that on your emote list, so just give it to the female in your life. Oh, my God, that's so mean. And give it to the female character in your life, if you have one. <laughs> I expected her to put a plug. You can send them all to yeah, send them all to me at cookie cupcakes <laughs> at loismustdie.com. <laughs> you can buy all four of those different variations at once if you want, but you can only have one of each. This new version is called 
nerve tonic to go. Well, you know, I can see the p- potential for an entire expanded um, uh, game mechanic around nerve tonic. I mean, what if you get to actually mix your own for, you know, you have different parameters each step? I mean, just think about the variations. I mean, this could be the new triple. This could be the new crafting. Yeah, totally. They could have a whole new expansion just on this. <laughs> so, to celebrate this wonderful new development, I'm going to have a party in game. We're basically going to just take Nerve Tonic all night. Uh, we might run a few PVEs, too. Oh, and we'll be giving away prizes. Oh, and we're broadcasting it all live on Twitch. So if that sounds like something you would like to do, join us on Friday, November 7th at 8 p.m. Central Time. That's my time. That's Central Standard Time. At the classic Riza Beach. Not the Summer Resort Beach because Nerve Tonic is not allowed on the Summer Resort map for some unknown reason. I don't know why. So it is allowed on the classic Rise of Beach. So that's where we're going to have our party. And don't forget to bring your Nerve Tonic. And where do I RSVP? Um, there's no RSVP required. It's come everybody. Everybody's invited. Just don't bring party amplifiers, please. Oh, you can just get your subspace party nullifier if you feel that way. No, because when you do the party amplifier, first it gives the... It makes you do it, and then you have to activate the nullifier. So by then, the nerve tonic dance has already been disqualified. Well, Captains, that wraps up Star Trek Online news. Let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming from you. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other. Admirals, we had some overwhelming feedback from listeners demanding our opinions and reviews of the recent community uproar. However, I, Elijah, executive producer of Priority One Podcast, have made the executive decision not to spend time fueling that fire. It's not a battle I think we need to spin our wheels on. But if you must know how I feel about it, and the exploiters and the community reaction... You can visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash rant44 and read my editorial. In the meantime, let's get to feedback for content we've produced here on Priority One Podcast. On PriorityOnePodcast.com, Dazzo UK writes, Hi, P1 team. Love your episode, as I always do, but I was wondering if you could do a section on skills and the math of the game to help players out. I would be 100% behind you on that. There is a lot you could cover. You're absolutely 100% right. You know, one thing that I know that Priority One podcast can improve on uh, is our math segment. Uh, is, some, is, is a way to be able to translate some of the more advanced concepts of Star Trek Online in a way that translates to an audio show, but maybe has some supplemental material like a, you know, a PowerPoint or, or charts on our show notes or something of that nature. So if you think you have some ideas on how we can improve our command school in a way that uh, would benefit our community, we're, we're all ears, and it's something that uh, I think Jace would be open to as well as uh, certainly me. Fennec Skyrat comments via PriorityOnePodcast.com. I, with others, am not happy with the dilithium rewards for STFs, and in fact, after Delta Rising launch, have given it a miss in the following weeks altogether. It's just not fun anymore. I am not trying to bash the game. I love the game. I get all the ships and throw money at them for it, but right now I feel that the dilithium nerf and the EC nerf hurt the game. 
and I feel now would be a great time to bring back the Mirror Hour event or exploration. Well, funny he should mention that. Hmm. At least there is a Mirror event running for the next few weeks. I, Skiffy, will grant your request. It's like magic! <laughs> Deccant comments, also via PriorityOnePodcast.com. If Cryptic wants to genuinely improve the difficulty in Stowe, the only way to give players a run for their money in elite missions is to allow the AI some counters to player actions. For example, more emergency powers, tactical teams, science teams, shields and hull heals, scramble sensors, etc. Of course, the current health and resistance values are to be lowered. This would significantly improve the NPC player dynamic, as now people begin to pay attention to what the NPC is doing and timing their abilities accordingly. It's a little complex to gauge the strength and effectiveness of the counters, but this is why player feedback is important and needs to be more involved in the decision making. Um, well, I, I see what you're going for, uh, and I, I do agree that there would be room for a little more AI intelligence. However, I still think that a majority of the players wouldn't pay attention to things like that. They'd, they'd just get their behinds handed to them. Um, this is something that... There is a difficulty that if, it, if an NPC uses an ability that a player does not have, they would not necessarily recognize the icon for it and wouldn't be able to understand the implications of it. That, that's true. And I think this kind of mechanic would apply better to the PvP um, uh, player base because they're the ones that, that typically understand all those icons and understand all the abilities and the counters and they're the ones that need to rely on those in order to survive in PvP whereas the casual players now granted he's mentioning the elite missions not the advanced or the or the normals so I, maybe there is a place for that I don't know do you guys have any other thoughts? Well I certainly see an advantage to making elite differentiate on something other than just you know 25 million hit points you just have to you know slog through in dps it might actually effectively help shift the game slightly away from this feeling that if it doesn't do maxed dps you're not really contributing i did notice in the delta rising content it was a lot more engaging as far as the npc ships they were doing things to me that i wasn't familiar with i was like wait what's happening <laughs> now, now you're you're talking about the new like the Hazari and the Vodwar. You're talking about some of their abilities. Yeah, like everything would go down. Like I would yeah, have no use yeah. of anything, and I was, I'd, or maybe it was the Borg disconnected. Also, I'd be like, wait, I don't, I can't push any of the buttons. What's happening? And, and I remember <laughs> Al promised that that uh, things would uh, be in play to keep the players who like to just sit and shoot on their toes and those uh, those tricobalt mines certainly keep you from just sitting and shooting at Vaudoir. The tri are the tricobalt mines the the blue circles that appear the blue targets. I'm thinking that's a, some kind of tricobalt device cuz it certainly has completely obliterated me more yeah, than once. Like those things you're... pack a punch. Is it, are you talking about when you're playing and you see all these little like tri like diamond shaped things coming up around you, yes. exploding? Yeah, what the heck? You, is that? you that that's your clue to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Run! Is, it is no longer a valid strategy to sit in place and just fire. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's a good point. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it sounds like some of the mechanics, at least in the story missions, are already there for what uh, Deccan is asking for. So maybe I mean I don't have a lot of experience with the elite ST uh, the elite um, missions right now because they're just too darn hard. Maybe maybe they implemented this and we just don't know it yet. 
Jay Montgom wrote in to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Good day, everyone. I'm a longtime listener and a first-time writer to the show. During Priority One episodes 179, Mr. Rivera had mentioned the intention of eventually allowing players to craft starships. I started to wonder the following. How awesome would it be to kick off starship crafting with an all-new playable Typhoon class of our very own? He goes on to share uh, many other ideas about crafting starships and, and the differences between a battleship and a battle cruiser and, and some amazing ideas of what they could possibly be in Star Trek Online. But he ends with, <laughs> don't forget, Captains, support Eliza the Clown on Patreon.com. He did not put at Patreon.com. Oh, he, he didn't, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> ben Weiss commented on our YouTube video on Tier 6 Ships. Jeremy does an excellent job on translating complex concepts into laypersonese. Plus, I just like the guy. Thank you, and more Jeremy, please. I agree. We love Jeremy. Everybody loves Jeremy. I think I speak for all of us at Priority One Podcast when we say, Jeremy, you're welcome back anytime. Absolutely, absolutely. Here, here. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at STO Priority One or shoot an email to incoming at priority one podcast.com. Captains, and this week's community question is going to be for you to share with us your thoughts on Delta Rising. What are your initial opinions on it besides whatever? discussions might be happening on the forums we want you to share your opinions with us priority one so let us know email us shoot us a tweet or message us on facebook well that wraps up episode 196 of priority one podcast be sure to catch our episodes every monday morning by pointing your podcast catcher to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com and don't miss our videos from our trip to Cryptic Studios by heading over to youtube.com forward slash P1 Network. And of course, you can visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for all of our content. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show in the comments section on our site or on the STO forum post for this episode. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. You can even join the Priority One podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One podcast. Would you like to get our content early? Find out about that perk and more by becoming a patron of Priority One Podcast. Visit patreon.com forward slash Priority One to find out more. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. It's a pretty darn good show. You should check it out. The Priority One fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your ad handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. And now you can join our Klingon fleet division, Warriors of Priority One. Join today. Kabla! A very special thanks to Perfect World Entertainment and Cryptic Studios for spending two full days with Priority One Podcast in the first week of October. 
and to all the devs of Star Trek Online that sat and chatted with us about the game. I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome two new full-time members to the Priority One podcast team, our new video editor, Jerry Tillman, and our new writer, Jake Morgan. Welcome aboard the USS Priority One. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineers, Skiffy and Ben Churchill, and to QA support staffer, Midnight Shadow 7. Thanks to our graphic artist, Romulan Ale, to all our bloggers, and their managing editor, L. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Epic Gamer Radio, Subspace Radio, and Trek Radio. And thank you very much to this week's special guest, Dr. Robert Hurt. Thank you so very much for filling in for Jace while he's away. Sir, you did a fantastic job, and your opinions were amazing. So thank you so very much for joining us this week. I'm happy to share my opinions anytime. Most importantly, Captains, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek Online community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapon. Engage. Cookie, do you want to do you want to say anything or? You mean, like, do you Just want me general. to? Yeah, go ahead. You already know what I'm that I'm going to say something. <laughs> you mean you're <laughs> going to let me talk? Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, Mindscape was my favorite so far because I'm only at level fifty three. I love that weird trippy stuff. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Let me start this over. <laughs> I gotta just stick with what I wrote. Skiffy. <laughs> May I? It sounds well, like you're being defensive in, 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 before he actually makes the statement. <laughs> All right. So without we, we did really well in not spoiling anything. Uh, I think that uh, except we, for the flirting talked, with the vaudoir. Except with the flirting with Spoiler the vaudoir. Alert. That, the way oh, to go, but, but you mean the part um, where Tuvok's head explodes? We didn't mention that. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh my goodness! Was oh, that was awesome. awesome. <laughs> You guys are terrible. Booby. Oh my god, that's what pug means. Yes, that's what pug means. Pickup group. Yes, that's what pug means. You guys have explained this to me before, but I don't remember it being pickup group. Yep. That is so weird. (laughs) Cookie, I think it's time to put the drink away. It's time for nerve tonic, isn't it? That's what we all need now. Nerve tonic. I need it. Send me some. Cookie, please send me some nerve tonic. I think she's had enough. (laughs) I think she's had enough. 
<clears throat> to celebrate this wonderful new development, I'm going to have a no, party no, 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 in game. No, 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 you're not supposed to read the next thing. You're supposed to say what what I was just saying. I love you, Skippy. The way you said basically just going to take nerve tonic all night, you really sound like you need a drug intervention. That sounded so depressing to me. It's like the dregs of Starfleet just drug out their tonic. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Cut out the party amplifiers. I don't want no trolls. <laughs> trolls. <laughs> they will. There will be trolls. And it's like you're, we're inviting them if we tell them not to bring party I amplifiers. I might be one of them. You never know. Skiffy, <laughs> don't. All right. Cool. Uh, do we have a community question? We How do we not. feel about the nerve tonic being unbound? Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a few gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. Enemy ship on sensors. It's a big line. I have to like really get into character. What's my motivation? The motivation is that the the, the there's an the, enemy ship on sensors. That's the motivation. <laughs> all right, all right. I think I got it now. I think I got it now. <laughs> Someone mm -hmm. should have. That is a question that I'm just like that needed to be in the dialogue somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We're speaking very abstractly. I, I just, I can't believe they killed Tuvok. I really can't. That's, I know. Like, how, it's like, and the fact they, that my, his they, blood they lost, actually it, stained my uniform, the effect how, that they, they built, like... I mean, and I and to see tailor. and to see the Zephram Cochran rifle in use before they make it player available, I couldn't believe they oh did that. Oh my god, who knew that its special effect is like that head scatter? I mean, it's, it's a really good Halloween weapon. I just wish I could get it in time for Friday. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll have it for next you know, year, though. This stuff happens. I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> yeah, when they find out that we're actually not kidding. <laughs> what happened? What well, and and you know why they why they killed Tuvok is They're because he his contract his contract's up. So they are you can't freaking kidding me? You're not. You're kidding me right now. Are you, right? You're kidding me right now. Right? You're kidding me. <laughs> they kill it. You know they kill him with a Zephram Cochran rifle. If you're you such an at asshole. Me. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> That they built in this whole visual effect that when his blood splatters, when his head explodes, it actually stains your uniform, and you see it was it. pretty. <laughs> around, oh my god! For the rest of the mission, it's and, and to okay. see the crystalline entity helping someone. helping kill him was really cool. That was a neat effect. Yeah, thank God I got out. Of I, yo, you guys got me really pissed. It's <laughs> 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 like I was like, no. They that's did going not. in the bloopers. That is so going in the bloopers. Are you kidding me? Know, you better be kidding me. Teamspeak recording. <laughs> and oh my god, when the crystalinity like swiped him out and it like took out two of my my bridge officers, it deleted had... them from my account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people would be so upset if they did that. <laughs>